0: With this tree that's too big for his house. And from this point forward, his whole Christmas spins out of control. Everything goes downhill. And what he discovers in the movie is the same thing that I think a lot of us discover sometimes. And that is, we get caught up in all the really cool things about Christmas. And sometimes we forget what Christmas is really supposed to be about. Sometimes. We, there, there are people, I know people, let's just say it that way. Uh, for example, I know a certain preacher who's, having, uh, who's really kind of nutting up on the inside because the Saturday after Thanksgiving is when the tree's decorated. And in a house close by, there's a tree with no decorations on it right now. So he's having some major issues right now. But I think he'll get over it because he's going to take matters in his own hands this week. So, um, but you know, sometimes... It's all that stuff. It's the decorations and we really love that. And there are people that go all out to decorate. And if that's what you do, let me know because I want to come see what you got. All right. I love looking at when other people go all out because I don't have to. But there's lights and yard art and all kinds of stuff, manger scenes. And for some people, their whole if Christ if the decorations aren't perfect, Christmas is messed up. For some people, it's about the shopping. And you know the worst thing about Christmas is if you're a shopaholic, it just basically indulges your, you know, your your problem, right? Because you got to go buy stuff for people, right? And so for some people, it's about shopping, but you know, that ain't always the most holy place when you go to the mall at Christmas time. There's some some things that happen. I'm just gonna say, but for some people, it's about the gifts. It's about the gifts you get, the gifts you give, and for some people, it's about the traditions. Uh, the first Christmas, uh, growing up at our house, or in our traditions, when our kids were born, we decided our kids would always be home Christmas Day. That was our tradition. We might leave on the afternoon, but my kids woke up at home Christmas Day. And so I spent my whole life in ministry telling people when they were getting ready to get married, look, you've got to make your own traditions. Don't let your mom and dad do it for you. Because if they do, you, you're, you just need to decide what you want to do and do that. Little did I know that when my son grew up, that was going to come back and and bite me. But it did, and that's okay. I remember the first Christmas that Alec did not wake up at our house, and it was a good day, but it just was different. Here's what I know, regardless of who you are and what you think. When we define Christmas by what we do, we define Christmas by what happens, we define Christmas by the... The the events, the, the decorations, whatever it may be, instead of defining Christmas by the arrival of Jesus, we are doomed. And that word is we are doomed to be disillusioned, and we're doomed to be disappointed. Because here's what I know: we can never measure up to that. No matter how perfect our Christmas is, it'll never be as perfect as the arrival of Jesus into our world. No matter what happens at Christmas time if it weren't for the arrival of Jesus in our world, we wouldn't even have Christmas. So I want to tell you a story. Um, I may have mentioned this before, but growing up, my family had traditions. And one of our traditions was that we would go to my grandma, Grandpa Raven's house the Sunday before Christmas. And I'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But on Christmas Eve, we went to my grandma Aiken's house. Okay, grandpa and grandma Aiken's. We always went there on Christmas Eve. That's what we did. That was our deal. That was our thing. And my parents, both my parents came from really large families, which is probably why they only have two kids. Because they have a truckload of brothers and sisters who had a truckload of kids. And then we just walk in, there's two of us. So we drew names. And maybe some of your family, that's one of your traditions, that's great if it is. So we all drew names. So Grandma got a gift, and everyone got a gift from somebody, so you didn't go broke trying to buy for everybody, right? So... One year, my grandpa, followed, my great-grandpa drew my name. I was eight years old. And my great-granddad, who I loved, loved dearly, was a really practical guy. And he bought me a brown pair of pants for Christmas. And I'm eight years old. That is not the combination of a really great Christmas. I'm just telling you, all right? And so, but grandpa was worried about how I would react to that. So he went to my mom, and he said, look, I drew Jay's name. I bought him a pair of pants. If you think I need to, I'll take it back and get him something else. This is what my mom said. Granddaddy, whatever you bought him, he's going to love and appreciate. And so, don't worry about it. But my mama knows me. So she came to me at eight years old, and she said, Grandpa Fuller drew your name. Cool. And he got you pants. And pants. When you open your gift, you are to hug your granddaddy, you're to tell him you love him, you're to tell him thank you. Okay. Now, my mama told me that five or six times before Christmas because I'm a little slow to the party. And so we go to my grandma's house, we're eating dinner, and I started holding out hope that maybe, just maybe, grandpa would change his mind. Right? Maybe he just changed his mind. And so we eat dinner, then we go to the living room, we start opening presents. And the deal was, no one opened presents until everyone got theirs, and the kids opened their presents first. And we were all, all my cousins, we were all kind of within a couple years, the same age of one another. And so everyone's getting their gifts, boxes that you can tell are shaped to really cool things. And then I get a long rectangular box. And I was like, I got pants. And everybody starts opening their presents. Footballs, fire trucks, helicopters, police cars, model cars, games, fun stuff. Jay, open your present. Okay, so I opened my present and I got pants. And my mom gave me the the stare of death, and so I got up, walked across the room, and hugged my grandpa. I told him I was thinking because he was really worried about me uh, that I wasn't going to like that, and I thanked him for it. I hugged his neck. I told him I loved him, and I sat down. Let me tell you about the rest of my night. Do you know what you can't do with pants? way. You can't wad them up, throw them like a football. You can't put them on and go, I mean, they don't work. You can't do anything with them. And the worst thing about Christmas is when you get something, a practical gift, and your brother and your cousins get cool stuff. Because you know what kids don't do at Christmas? They don't let you play with their stuff. And so here I am wanting to play with somebody's fire truck, police car, football, whatever, and they're like, no, go play with your pants. Go play with your pants. Pant. So that's, what I did I just sat down and enjoyed my pants now I got to tell you I got to tell you it was that is the angriest I've ever been at Christmas and I'm not proud of that and it's a Christmas I learned a really valuable life lesson and I'm glad that I learned that we got home that night and I went into my bedroom and I wadded literally wadded those pants up and I shoved them in the back corner of my drawer and I left them there. You see, when Christmas becomes about what we expect Christmas to be, when Christmas is d- defined by those who are there who may not be there one day, when Christmas is defined by what we get or how we decorate or what we do or our traditions, all our wonderful things, when we can define Christmas that way, we are doomed to be disillusioned. That's just, that's it. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons at Christmas, the hard way. So what I want to do this morning is we're going to, as we start off the Christmas season, I want to talk to you about something that happened in the life of Jesus that has nothing to do with Christmas, but has some very valuable lessons for those of us, if this is you or someone you know, that sometimes get caught up in all the stuff that we kind of leave Jesus out of Christmas without realizing. Okay, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to count there, but it's going to be up on the screen here in just a moment as well. So in Luke chapter 2, we're in verse 41. Jesus is 12 years old. Alright, so He's 12 years old. We are a long way from Bethlehem right now. We'll get back to Bethlehem in a couple of weeks, alright? So, here it is. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When He was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to their custom. Now, so... Understand this before we go any further. The Passover was the most holy day on the Jewish calendar. It's the most important day on the Jewish calendar. It, it is a celebration of the freedom from slavery of the Egyptians uh, from the Egyptians um, thousands of years earlier, and when they were slaves, and God sent the, the death angel in the tenth the tent plague and passed over, and He passed over the homes of, of the Jewish people because they would painted blood on, their, on the doorpost, and God saved them. And so from that point forward to this very day, the most important holy day for a Jew is Passover. From that point forward to today. It is the most important day. And by law, the Passover lasted for a week, seven days. And every family by law was required to be there at least three. And so what would happen was they would come and they would travel from wherever they lived in Israel. They would come to Jerusalem. So you know that whole joke, if you want to steal something, the town's empty. Towns are empty in Israel. okay? And you go and people camp outside of Jerusalem. They spend their three days there. Then they go home. All right. So that's what's going on. Jesus has been doing this for 12 years. All right, That's just been His life for 12 years. After verse 43, after the festival was over, while His parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, they were unaware of it. Now I know what you 're thinking right now how can a parent lose a child because I've lost one. I can tell you it's pretty easy all right but we'll get we'll circle back to that too, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day then so so we're, we're a day they're a day away from Jerusalem twenty four hours I've never done that all right when then. After a day, they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. So how could this happen? We'll talk about, we're going to explain all this in just a second how this could happen. Because it really makes a lot of sense once you understand it. Verse 46. After three days, so we three more days. One day looking for him among the, the crowd, because the way they would travel is they would travel in family groups. It wouldn't just Mary as Mary Joseph cousins. It's like Christmas dinner, but you travel. When everyone gets together for Christmas or Thanksgiving, think about your whole family, your extended family. Um, They all travel together there, and they travel together back. They all live together, all right? So after three days, so they looked for him and their family for a day, went back to Jerusalem to look for three more days. We're four days in. Four days about their son. After three days, they found him in the temple court sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And we'll finish that story in just a minute. So, there are three questions that kind of come up when you look at the, what this event, that I think if, if, you, if there's a little Clark Griswold in you and you really go all out at Christmas and kind of forget sometimes what Christmas is all about, there are three questions you can ask yourself this Christmas as you kind of go along, okay? Here's the first one. Here's Mary, from Mary and Joseph's perspective. Here's the first question. When did they leave Jesus? That's the first question. Well, they left him at the Passover. They left him at this really, really important holiday that came around once a year. They left him at a time when the whole of the country stopped to celebrate their freedom in Christ. And I'm just telling you, that sounds really familiar, doesn't it? Well, here we are approaching. We're in the Christmas season. We are 20, uh, 23 days, I think Andy said, away from when we celebrate Christmas. For some people, this is the most important day of the year, the most important time of the year. And let me just tell you, this is the time we celebrate the arrival of Jesus in the world when 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 Jesus came in flesh and blood and lived among us, he was fully God and fully man. And if you try to understand that, it'll just it'll just mess you up. So just accept he was fully God and fully man. He came and he lived among us. Okay. That's what Christmas is all about. And the world stops. You ever notice that? The world stops to celebrate. People who don't believe in God celebrate Christmas. People who say, I you know, I'm not sure about this whole Christmas thing, put up manger scenes. Sing Christmas hymns. And here's the deal, and here's why. Because the manger scene, the, you know, you, you know, what's the manger? Well, the manger is a, a remnant, uh, you know, a, you know, it's a picture of the, of the birth of Jesus. No, for some people it's just a tradition. It's just Christmas. This is what you do at Christmas. You sing all these Christmas songs about about the arrival of Jesus in the world, joy to the world, and all these songs. Oh, come all you faithful. Why do you sing those songs? Well, it's just what you do at Christmas. You see, for a lot of us, we have reduced Christmas to just a whole bunch of traditions. And we've forgotten that it's about the arrival of Jesus in the world. It's what Mary and Joseph were dealing with. It's what we deal with today. And let me say it again, when Christmas becomes about what we think it should be, all these traditions, we are doomed to be disillusioned and disappointed because we're just going to leave Jesus out. You know, Mary and Joseph, they left their son behind, and that sounds really horrible. I mean, that sounds really horrible, right? Um, But you know what? They didn't know the whole story. They didn't really understand who Jesus was. Now, they were going to get a really full picture here soon. But they didn't really understand why he came. I mean, they knew what they'd been told. But it hadn't become a fruition. So you can kind of give them a pass. But what about us? I mean, we know the story. We know that Christmas is about the arrival of Jesus, yet we still kind of leave him back. So here's my question. Have you gotten so caught up in your stuff that you've already left Jesus out of your Christmas season? Have you already left Jesus out of your Christmas season? That's that's the question that you need to ask yourself, right? So here's the second question that comes up in this this event, right? Second question is this. Why did they leave Jesus? This is is the good stuff. Why did they leave him? All right, so... One of our traditions I mentioned is we go to my grandma Raven's house the Sunday before Christmas, and this is what happened. And it didn't matter what the weather was, this is what happened. All the, all the ladies, my mom and her sisters, my grandmother, they would go to the back room of grandma's house. They sat where the food was, which is really genius, because you had to come to them eventually. And so they would stay. They sat back there and they talked. All of my, my dad, my uncles, my granddad, when he was alive... They sat in the living room and they watched football. That's what they did. All the kids were down the hill, across the field, at my aunt and uncle's house playing football or down at the lake doing stuff we weren't supposed to do. It's kind of how we roll, all right? And so we would come up for lunch. We would do do the gifts. And then before he left, the women would go back to the room, the guys would stay, and we'd go back to the field. And so we would do this Christmas thing. We were never together. So let me explain to you how it's possible that Mary and Joseph don't know where Jesus is. And so they, they travel in these big, big family groups. Okay? And they thought he was with them. And this is kind of how it works. If you've ever left a child somewhere, uh, like, say, at church, I know people that have done that. I don't know about y'all, but I know a lot of people that have. Um Crystal and I haven't driven the same church to car in a, I mean we rarely do that. I mean it's been a long time we go to church. cuz I I'd go so early then she didn't want to go with me so she would drive in. Now when my kids are home they don't want to ride together. And so so we have four cars at church. And people would say like the Aikens, man they'd be rich. They just love gas. I know, we just got stubborn people. And so you know, we would come to church separate. We'd be at church together and we'd go wherever we'd go separate, all right? And so here's this traveling caravan of people and all the women are traveling together talking about whatever women talked about back in that day, which I have no earthly idea what that was. Okay? All the women are traveling together. All the men would travel together talking about, I don't know what you talk about without football and ESPN. So whatever they talked about, you know, maybe hunting and fishing, I mean, I don't know what they talked about, but they talked about, they hung out together And the kids all stay together. And so, they're traveling along. It was not that big of a deal to not see your child for a day. Because they're somewhere in the traveling caravan. And so, when they started looking for Jesus, it really wasn't all that big a deal that they couldn't find Him until they realized He wasn't with them. And that... It's a game changer. I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing, we forget to stop and think about why we're doing it. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the things that we enjoy, that we should enjoy this season, that we forget why we do the things we do, why we decorate, why we gather as family, why we have traditions. It's easy to get so busy that you just forget stuff, right? I mean, we do it all the time. We get busy. Oh, I forgot to do that. I think sometimes we get so caught up in Christmas. Oh, yeah, you know what? I forgot. Rival of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. I kind of got sidetracked with all this other stuff that's going on. And you know, sometimes, and this is, this is crazy, sometimes the worst place for that is church, and that sounds really weird, but we get, we're so busy, doing all these things that are coming up. we got all these activities coming up, and we're just trying to fill gaps and get things done and, and make sure everything falls into place. That Sometimes we forget why we're filling gaps, why we want to make sure everything falls into place, the importance of celebrating the arrival of Jesus into the world. And sometimes, without realizing it, we do what I hate seeing. And I don't throw hate around a lot. When I see a sign that says Xmas, man, I hate those things. I hate them because you. Just, it's because people say, "Well, it's just it's just easier." No, it's just flat out taking Jesus out of Christmas. That's what it is. It's nothing else. Is that convenient? Sure. Is it right? No. So here's here's the question we need to ask ourselves: Is it possible for us to get so caught up in the business of this season that we just x Jesus right out of our season? Is it possible? Now. If that's not your story, it can become your story. It's really easy for it to do. So here's the, let's look at the third question. Third question. Where do they find Jesus? Was really interesting because it implies that they found Jesus. Okay, Because they went looking for Jesus. Sometimes we get so caught up in our stuff and our business and we realize, you know what? I'm not real sure that I'm making this about what I'm supposed to do. Oh, you know what? It'll be okay. He'll catch up. Sometimes we know we've left Jesus out and we just keep on doing our stuff anyway. Where did they find Him? So let's finish the story. Verse 48, chapter 2. When His parents saw Him... so I mean, four days. They've been looking for Him for four days. You're a parent. You're looking for your child for four days. You think about that for a second, okay? When they saw Him, they were astonished. His mother said to Him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. So... If you've ever had a child disappear from you, you know anxious doesn't cover it. I don't have time to tell the full, full story, but uh, we were at SeaWorld. I don't remember how old Alec was. We all walked in. Crystal and I, and Brittany and Alec, and my sister in law, Carrie, and, and my niece, Ashley, and we were there. And we were we were right there. And, like, I mean, I'm telling you, it was 10 seconds. And we turned and he was gone. Let me just tell you in 10 seconds. How deep and dark and awful your mind can go. In 10 seconds. I had played every worst case scenario in my head. And we are not anxious. We are frantic. Carrie's got the kids. Crystal and I are looking, for, are trying to figure out where he went. We're kind of in the, we think it's a confined area, but I mean, you don't know. And, and, and I just there's this noise they should make for the kids, and I'm not going to do it. But I just did it as, a, as this last you know, resort, and I look, and I'm telling you a long way, this little boy stops on the second level of this playground and looks at me because he heard me, waved at me like it was no big deal. And then I went sprinting when I could run back in the day. I went sprinting to that thing, he got off the thing, and I was so happy to find him. And I was so mad at him. And I didn't know if I wanted to destroy him or hug him. Because that's what happens when your child gets lost. So imagine Mary and Joseph. It's been four days. You're looking everywhere. You show up and you find him in the temple and you're you're happy to find him. But man, you are not happy with him. Right? Right? I mean, as a parent, we get that, right? And so, when she says, your father, I've been anxiously searching for you, basically she's saying, look, we we tore this town apart looking for you. you. What are you doing here? Why are you with us? Verse 49. I can never pull this off. Why were you searching for me? My dad would have beat me half to death. But anyway, why were you searching for me, he asked didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? So let me explain that to you. Because this is the the time when Mary and Joseph said, you know what? He's different. This was the moment where they really understood who he was, the promise, and everything. If you're a Jewish boy, you spend your whole life for your to get to your 12th birthday. So you know what happens to your 12th birthday? That you've never been able to do before, you get to go to the temple. So why do we have this event in the life of Jesus where He we have this birth and then we flash forward, you know, years and we're finally beginning at 12? Why is this even in the Bible? Because this is the first time in his life he can go inside the temple. He has literally been waiting his entire life, 12 years of his life, he's been waiting. For this day. To go in and let everyone know who he was. And at 12 years old, he marched into the temple. He sat down and he blew the minds of all the scholars. at how much he knew how smart he was. And how little they knew. The good news is, Mary and Joseph found Jesus right where they left him. The good news for us is if you've gotten so caught up in, in whatever's going on in your life this Christmas, He's where you left Him. And He's waiting on you. If you've gotten so caught up in, in getting ready for the season and the family stuff and, and all the things and the trees and decorations, but, but you would kind of and all the church stuff, that you've kind of forgotten about Him, the good news is He'll be exactly where you left Him. And he'll be waiting for you. And maybe today is just a reminder as we leave here today, I'm going to make a conscious effort to make this season about him. And I'm not going to it. So before we close, I need to tell you the rest of my story. This Christmas, it changed my life. At eight years old. It's a hard lesson learned at eight, but it's one I'm glad I learned. Um, so I took those pants home for my granddaddy and I watered them up and I put them in a drawer and I left them. Eight months. Eight months after that Christmas, my great-granddad died. Now, every week, my mom and my brother and I got on bikes and we rode to his house. Every week. He went to church with us almost every Sunday night and sometimes on Sunday mornings and sometimes a lot on Wednesdays. We, I mean, he was in our life. Eight months to the day, he died. I was crushed. I love my great grandpa. And then I remembered do you know what? I have these pants. I'm going to wear those pants. Now, the good thing, the good news if you're a dude is you don't care if stuff's wrinkled or not. I know wives get horrified by stuff like that, but most men, you know, normal men don't care about stuff like that. And so, you know, and I pull those things out and they are wrinkled, hot mess. And I put them on. And here's what I didn't know. You know how much your body changes when you're eight years old? They didn't fit me anywhere. Not on the legs, not on the waist. I couldn't pull them all. I mean, I couldn't get them all the way up. And I was crushed again. Because a man who loved me dearly gave me a gift out of love, and I just shoved it in the drawer. And I think if we're not really careful... It's really easy to take this amazing gift of the arrival of Jesus in our world and wad him up and shove him in a drawer and just pull him out when we need him. Here's the good news. The good news is is really, really simple. Jesus is the ultimate perfect gift. You know that whole saying, one size fits all? It's only true with him. It's not true with anything else on the planet. He fits into every heart, He fits into every life. He fits into every family. He fits into every circumstance. He fits into everything and anything you'll face in this planet. And we celebrate his arrival in the world. And we have two choices. We have two choices. We can make him a part of our season. We can wad him up and shove him in the drawer and pull him out when we need him. But you're going to need him. What are you going to do with Jesus? Father, we are. um, We get Christmas is so cool. We have all these amazing things. We have lights in town, and trees are going up, and decorations will be going up soon. And it's a fun time to remember to gather with family and friends for traditions. Really cool church activity. It's just a fun, crazy, busy. Hectic season. And if we are not careful, we were just going to wad you up and shove you on the floor. So I pray that you will help us to keep you out front in all the things we do this season. To remember, without your arrival in the world, there would be no Christmas. I pray these things in Jesus' name.